This is a composition created by Daniel Perlin for attention. Daniel Perlin is a sound artist living and working in New York. Today we're going to engage in a project together which involves a loose relationship to a concept developed by Pauline Oliveris called deep listening. And um, this relationship that I have created is only really inspired by some of her general concepts around uh, awareness and attention. It's an exercise I've done a bunch of times with architects and designers, musicians, artists, and what it involves effectively is a, a couple of things. Um, first of all, it involves you uh, stopping what you're doing now, which probably goes against what you feel like doing, which is more work externalization and more um, fidgeting about and running around, which is what most of us do most of the day. And I know that's probably not something you feel like doing right now, but we're going to give it a shot because you're all paying attention to this voice that's coming to you through some medium. And along those lines, there's some exercises that ask you to keep your headphones on and there's others that ask you to take them off. And if you can, this is better done with speakers and not with headphones because we're going to practice listening to listening, the idea of listening to how we listen, as much as we're going to practice the act of listening. I'll get more into that in a second. We are people who design things. We make things. Even if you are not calling yourself a designer by profession, you design to do things. That means you desire to do things, and you also try to do things and make things around you in the world that are around us. And the way that we've been trained for a long time to do this is from the optical, uh, in, at least in Western culture, particularly Northern Western cultures. What we do is we see something, we say, well, I want to make that thing, that thing is a tree. Well, that's fine, but in fact, the tree is as much of a tree because we see it as, as much as it is because we're remembering and thinking about the sound of the wind rustling its leaves and the peaceful afternoon we spent underneath it or the crashing sound it made as it came through our house, any number of things related to that tree. It's an active thing and it takes place over time. And anything that takes place over time in a certain sense is moving the air around it and anything that moves the air around it is something that makes sound. All sound is is air moving. If the air moves at a frequency that our ears can perceive it, sending it to our oral nerve into our brain at a frequency rate that we can perceive, the number of cycles per second we can perceive, which if you're really, really young and really, really energetic might be somewhere around 20 hertz um, to somewhere around 20 kilohertz. If you're over the age of, say, 25 or 30, um, that's most likely much more reduced, somewhere between 25 hertz and maybe if you're lucky, 15 kilohertz. But your bodies feel the sound. Everybody's body feels all the sound around them all the time. And this means that it affects the way you negotiate space. It means it affects the decisions you make over time. So part of the project is to think about how we listen to things. And the other part is to start to develop exercises and ways of improving our ability to listen to the world around us in the vague hopes that if we listen better, we may design better for this world. If we listen better, we may actually learn to listen more 
and more carefully. And that the more carefully that we listen, the better the world could potentially become. It's a bit utopian, but it's also something that I feel works, at least incrementally. The basis of this exercise, as I mentioned, comes from Pauline Oliveros, who is someone that's created something called the Deep Listening Institute. She is someone who is a musician by training. And in that sense, a lot of her work and improvisation came around the concept of both being aware of what's around you, that is awareness, and at the same time, um, the attention that you give to it uh, determines that awareness. And awareness, of course, and I'm loosely paraphrasing from her book, um, from 1984. The awareness helps increase your attention, and attention also increases awareness. And you can get more into that by reading her works, which I encourage. Um, she's still also a very active uh, educator and musician. So along those lines, I invented for no other reason than I thought it would be a good translation exercise and a fun way to get people involved. And what I kind of concocted was this sort of exercise to help people begin to listen to how they listen and also to begin to create a journal for themselves about the world around them. I became increasingly interested in the way that we don't pay attention to the world around us and that designers and artists and musicians and folks of all different walks of life kind of came to things with a preset notion of what something should be based on the way it looked and not on the way that it sounded, not on the effect that it would have on the bodies around them, the spaces and air that flowed between the things, um, but more about their imagined version of what it looks like, whether from a photoshopped image to uh, models to even um, the building process itself. I think people forget that humans machines, the world around us makes a lot of sound. And this becomes one of those discussions that also helps begin a very important discussion in listening to listening, which is the differences, if they exist, between what we define as sound, what we define as noise, and what we define as music. So as an exercise, um, I'll just explain this to you. Uh, you've been very patient to listen up to this point. The exercise is, is, is fairly simple. You'll need um, two things. You'll need to get a pen or pencil and a piece of paper. If you have a journal, that's better because you'll want to keep doing this if you think it's at all pleasurable. So go get that. Um, I'll wait a few seconds while you get your pen and your paper together. A few seconds, not a long time. Okay. So what we're going to do is, is fairly simple. We're going to try uh, as a, a group, as a collective entity, and yeah, this is just a recording, and so yeah, it's just going online somewhere. Um, and then eventually maybe you'll be listening to this alone with your headphones, but you can have an imagined community at least. And if you're a participatory person, perhaps you can find the place where this was online and help generate a community around it for discussion. Um, if it's being used for a class, that's a great community. If it's being used in your house or with your family, also a very nice community. So part of this is to share. Um, and it's important to share because there's a really big problem with sound. 
And the really big problem with sound is there is no real semiotics of sound. There's no sign, signifier, and referent. We use a lot of different ways to try to describe sound. We, we concoct, it sounded like the wind, it, it sounds like water, it sounds like this, it's metaphorical, it's similes, it's, it reminds me of this, uh, it reminds me of my childhood, uh, it was really loud, it was really quiet, or we use onomatopoeia, right? Um, so we use descriptors and we use things that are the sounds themselves, like boom and clap and bang and things like that, onomatopoeias. So what we need to do as an entity is come up with a language in part so that we can help design those sounds that we hear. It's not enough just to have a language for one. Unfortunately, apparently that doesn't exist. Um, even if we talk to ourselves, um, we're still talking to ourselves. So what I would encourage uh, us to do uh, collectively, even though it's probably just you listening, because this is probably just a personal music player. What I would encourage us to do is to think of ways that we can describe sounds. And the best way I found to do that is to do what's intuitive to each of us, to let each of us explore the language that we know, the ways that we speak of things, the ideas that we have about the world around us in those descriptions. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a moment and we're going to listen. We're going to listen very carefully to the world around us. And when I mean carefully, I don't mean it has to be um, <clears throat> delicate. What I'm, what I'm encouraging is it to be attentive and aware of your surroundings. It sounds very basic, but because of the way that we live our lives, um, it may feel a bit regressive. It may even feel childish, um, the exercise on some levels, because... Ultimately, we uh, begin to dissociate the world around us. And as we do that um, from our earlier stages in life, we begin to be told to pay attention visually to certain signifiers and certain items around us. What is important, what is not, what is forbidden, what isn't. And uh, along those lines, we're also given very strict forms of um, auditory attention cues. People like Armory Schaefer, think of those that are signifiers for us personally, like uh, instead of landmarks, he calls them sound marks. Ways that we can identify the world around us, well, those are things that call our attention. They call out to us um, a, a sudden being in the world of the world around us. Oh, I recognize that bell sound. It's Big Ben. It reminds me of my town, or it reminds me of London, or it reminds me of etc. It's a sound mark, or that car horn is just like my old car. And those things are great because they help us distinguish between what sometimes becomes uh, characterized as noise. Um, they give us sound marks. They give us things to hold on to in the kind of flow and the blur of our everyday lives. And, and some other people have thought of them as writing, as uh, one way of doing this, such as um, to post something, you know, a postcard, a marker. It marks the time. But again, writing, you know, it's a beautiful act, but when we write, we also hear the voice in our head as we write. It's an auditory experience to write. It takes place over time. We hear the voices in our head, and we write those voices down in a, a particular voice at that time. We address, in a certain sense, to each person. So again, I, I actually would encourage us to even think that writing, in a certain sense, is an auditory act, even if it's only in our own minds, because it's speech. Listening, on the other hand, is an engagement in receptivity. 
um, we're going to receive the worlds around us um, and the worlds. There's lots of little worlds around us that are operating at the same time, things that we pay attention to, things that we don't. And so we're going to try to do that now. So again, you've got your pen, you've got your paper. What we're going to do is um, when I say go, two things are going to happen. The first thing that's going to happen is time is going to pass and you're going to listen to what's around you. Again, if you've got headphones on, this might be a good time to put those headphones down um, and at least in a way that you can still uh, hear when um, I give you a cue. So uh, if that means putting them down on your shoulders or putting them down on your desk in front of you or putting them down in your hat or dangling them from a precipice, um, but close enough to your ears so that when I give you the cue to be done with the listening, you'll hear it. For those of you that do this with speakers um, and have been tolerating and putting up with my voice coming through your speakers for this whole time, uh, first, thanks. And second of all, you'll have an easier time hearing me give you the cue. So what we're going to do is for about one and a half minutes, we're going to listen to the world around us. The first thing you're going to do is, you don't have to do it right this second, but we're going to close our eyes. And then uh, when I say go, and I'm just going to say go, you're going to listen to the world around you. You're just going to listen to whatever it is that you hear and whatever enters your body in terms of sound waves and energies around you and against your eardrums that are vibrating at very rapid pace in order to hear that world. And when I say done, after that minute and a half that's going to pass, you're going to write down from memory what you heard, whatever it is, the impressions, the sounds, however you choose to describe what you heard. Once you're done with that, um, and you'll get some time to do the writing, on your own, you will follow up with a drawing of what you heard. Um, I'm not going to say anything in between when I say done. I'll only give you a heads up that the exercise is almost over, that you'll need to wrap up in the next minute or so. So again, I'll, I'll say the following. I'm just going to say, close your eyes. Then I'm going to say, go, and then after a minute and a half, I'll say, done, and then I'll give you a um, heads up. Okay, I hope that um, it also helps you relax in the middle of whatever hectic thing you're doing today. I will um, try to make this be a track marker so you can skip to this part so that you don't have to listen to the long introduction each time you do it. Okay, so first thing we're going to do is we're going to get you to drop your shoulders a little bit because it's really hard to listen when you're very intense and very focused on the world of frenetic activity. So I want you to lower your shoulders. Just lower your shoulders down. Maybe rotate them a little bit. I'm doing it. You can do it. Just relax a little bit. I want you to close your eyes while you're doing this. Just drop your shoulders, feel them relax. Okay, so when I say go, we're going to listen, and then I'll say done, and then you will write down what you heard, and you will draw a picture. And
and done. Now write down what you heard and draw a picture. Okay, you have one more minute to sort of wrap things up. Okay, great. So at this point, normally what would happen would be uh, sharing this information. When we do this with a group, I ask that some people actually hold up their drawings and read one-to-one -one what they've written in their drawings. It's important that when you reread this, that you not reinterpret or rework or try to fill in the gaps or missing words or cover up any of your descriptors because what we're trying to do is develop a language, a common language, so that we can describe for ourselves as well as share with others our listening. How we listen to things then becomes the discussion. 
how do you listen to the world around you? Are you someone that says, it sounded like this? Are you someone that said, it was this memory? Uh, are you someone that said that uh, bang, zoom, whiz, pop? What do we use in order to describe the world around us for others? How can we share the way we listen? In a certain sense, this exercise is meditative. It takes five minutes of your day. I do it almost every day. If I can do it every day, I do. And uh, I keep it as a journal. The images that I draw, sometimes they relate to what I heard directly. Sometimes they're at best impressionistic. I'm terrible at drawing. Um, and at other times, they're completely mysterious, and sometimes all three. So they're there and meant to inform initial steps, uh, initial exercises to both listening as well as designing for listening, as well as designing uh, spaces. So this exercise hopefully has been helpful for you. Uh, it's the, <laughs> my personal method of deep listening, and I'm sure it's probably not um, in any way scientifically stamped or sealed. Um, what it is is a, a good way, I think, to begin to uh, not only listen to the world around me and pay attention to the things that I take for granted, uh, but it's also a nice way to share that attention with others. So I encourage you to take whatever you have now, and if there's someone near you, uh, or if someone was doing this with you, that you show them what you drew and read what you wrote and have a discussion, if you can, a little bit about the ways that we listen to things. Not only what we're listening to, but the ways that we listen. So that's the purpose of this exercise. It's to get people to pay attention to our listening, as well as to listen to the world around us and hopefully communicate a little bit better with one another about what we listen to, how we're listening to it and each other, okay? You can do this every day. Thanks.